seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had sold to be repaid the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, grabbed him, and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, I counseled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Amen. I want to preach as the Holy Spirit shall give me help from the topic, learning to forgive. Learning to forgive. Lord, bless your word. Bless me to be a blessing. Your words, my mouth, anoint, touch now, set someone free from the bondage of unforgiveness, grudging, bitterness, anger, malice, let your word fall on fresh and fertile ground. Do your work, Holy Spirit. Amen. Among many things, the Bible records people who had the audacity to ask questions that were serious, substantive, and sanctified. On more than one occasion, we encounter people in Scripture, men and women, who had the audacity to raise questions that were serious, substantive, and sanctified. For those of us who are Bible readers, this does not catch us by surprise. In the words of my late great pastor who looks over the balcony of glory, the Bible is a great book that raises questions, but does not always give us answers to the questions that are raised. Questions. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his or her soul? Questions. Am I my brother's keeper? Questions. If a man die, 
Shall he live again? Questions. If God be for us, who can be against us? Questions. Where art thou? Questions. For those of us who have read both the Old and New Testament, Reverend Robinson, we know that we've encountered time after time somebody having the audacity to raise a question that was serious, substantive, and sanctified. According to this New Testament text, Peter, the great apostle and disciple of the New Testament, right-hand man to Jesus, leader of the apostolic band, raises a question that is serious, substantive, and sanctified. Peter, we don't know what leads exactly and motivates Peter to raise this question, some conflict, strife, interpersonal conflict with somebody, but Peter raises the question, if a brother hurts, offends, disappoints, or wounds me, how many times am I obligated and duty-bound to forgive him? Normally, Jews, in the, according to Scripture in the Old Testament, say three is the equivalent of times you have to forgive. But Peter thinks he's adding to something and lifts the holy number seven. Do I have to forgive my brother seven times? And then Jesus raises the proverbial bar of Christian living and does not place limits on forgiveness because Jesus does not place limits on love. Jesus says, I don't want you just to forgive your brother or sister who has disappointed, hurt, offended, or wounded you seven times but I want you, Deacon Dunn, to multiply seven times 70. 490 times. In other words, if your brother hurts you, keep on forgiving. If your sister dogs you, keep on forgiving. If they do something to wound or disappoint you or dog you out, I don't want you to place limits on your forgiveness because if you place limits on your forgiveness, it hurts you, not them. But I want you to keep on forgiving because I don't want you in any spiritual, emotional, psychological imprisonment. If you stop forgiving, you develop bitterness. You become a grudger. You become mean, nasty, resentful. You lose your smile, lose your joy, and become somebody other than who God wants you to be. So I want you to keep on forgiving. Hard pill to swallow for those of us who've ever been hurt, wounded, disappointed, let down by somebody. Jesus says, I don't want you to forgive just seven times, but 70 times seven. And Jesus says this, but as Jesus in his inimitable way just doesn't say, I want you to do it 490 times, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story about a wealthy king who one day decides 
to settle accounts with the people under his employment. As Jesus tells this story about this king who settles accounts, there's one servant he discovers who owes him an astronomical amount of money. Some commentators, Dr. Johnson, say this man has been siphoning money off the top for an extended period of time. Consequently, his debt is over around $220 million in our contemporary currency. King discovers that this man under his employment owes him $20 million. The man is shook, panicked, because the king knows this man doesn't make this amount of money. The man doesn't know what he's going to do. The king says, well, i tell you what I will do. Since you really cannot pay me, I'm going to take your wife, your children, your property, and I'm going to sell everything off and begin to recoup my money. Man is fretful, anxious, scared, because he knows in his lifetime, he sees four score years, 80 years, he's not going to have the capacity and wherewithal to pay back $20 million. <clears throat> he falls on his knees, cries, Keith Sweat, please help me do something. The king has a heart of compassion, not mean-spirited, not nasty, not vengeful. and says, I forgive the debt. $20 million, not 20000 not 200000 not $2 million, $20 million debt that has been erased and forgiven because of the gracious, kind-hearted, magnanimous nature of the king. This man, having been forgiven, now leaves the king's palace, liberated, free, delivered. Now he can breathe, doesn't have debt in his life anymore. As he walks around the corner, he happens to see somebody who owes him $20 and says, hey, my man, you've been ducking me the past six months. I, owed you, I loaned you the $20 on December 31st. You said you would give it back January 31st. Where's my money? Man doesn't have the money. Doesn't know why he doesn't have the money. The man begins to lay hands that ain't holy on this man who owes him $20. Begins to choke him. I'm just quoting the scripture. Y'all walk with me. Said I want my money. Then gets Raleigh PD involved. Said this man owes me money. Raleigh PD says well since you owe him money. We have to side with him. Had filed. Charges filed downtown on Fayetteville Street. Has the man imprisoned over $20. Small claims court, $20. If he's in jail, he can't pay you back your money. Somebody get that later. 
And then people around see and hear because people talk. And they know that this man has been forgiven a debt of $20 million, but has the nerve, the hypocrisy, the unadulterated nerve to have somebody arrested and beaten and assaulted who owes him $20 when he has been forgiven of a debt of $20 million. Unable to pay, this man is incarcerated over $20 debt while this man has been forgiven of a $20 million debt. The king finds out. and When the king finds out, the king becomes... Enraged according to scripture and the king calls the first man and says man I heard a story about you. I heard that you had Pookie arrested incarcerated for owing you $20 when I just forgave you of a $20 billion debt. Pookie's in jail can't pay you over $20 and I forgave you of $20 million and you have the audacity to have Pookie arrested, laid hands on him, put your hands on him over $20 when I forgave you of $20 million. Same Raleigh PD officers, amen, who arrested Pookie come arrest the first man. And have him tortured, waterboarded, have him arrested and incarcerated, not because of any debt that he now owes, but because of the blatant hypocrisy of his inability or rather refusal to forgive somebody who owes him $20 when he has been forgiven of a $20 million debt. He has been forgiven, work with me, watch chapel, but this man has never learned to forgive. Been forgiven by God, by the king, but he has not learned how to extend forgiveness himself. I'm talking to somebody on this Sunday morning, all of us watching from Florida, North Carolina, Maryland, D.C. have been forgiven by God. But if the truth be known on this Sunday morning, some of us got to wave the white flag and put up the church finger and say, I myself have not yet learned to forgive. I've been forgiven. And God knows those of us who got an amount of memory and can think about the stuff we done did, things that we should have done but didn't do, things we've said, things we have should have said. I'm talking to the real. I ain't talking to the fuddy-duddies, the holier-than-thous, those who are pharisaic, who act like they ain't been nowhere, done nothing, ain't committed no sin. I'm talking about the ratchet. I'm talking about the unrighteous, the unholy, the but God folk who've been saved and delivered, set free from all the stuff in life. We have been forgiven. But some of us on this Sunday morning got to admit we are hypocrites. We are audacious. We got nerve. We got audacity 
because we've been forgiven by a holy God, but sometimes we won't forgive Pookie who owes us $20. We won't forgive somebody who has hurt us, wounded us, y'all ain't talking to me, disappointed us. Can I preach this? And sometimes we got to admit we've been forgiven like the man in this text, but we have refused to forgive people who have done far less than we have done. But this text teaches us something about learning to forgive. Help me preach this Holy Spirit. I'm preaching this message to encourage everybody who's listening and who's going to listen to learn to forgive. And you don't need to learn to forgive in September. You need to learn to forgive on July 31st, 2020. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when you call the police on them, not when you, amen, try to enact vengeance on them, not when you call the IRS on them, but you you need to learn to forgive yesterday. You don't need to put sugar in nobody's gas tank. Y'all ain't talking to me. You don't need to bomb nobody's car like sister girl on Twitter who's now in jail. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to forgive yesterday. Yesterday is the day where we need to learn how to forgive. What does this text teach us? About learning to forgive, I got four points. I'm going to hit them real quick and run across the field. Uh, learning to forgive requires, this text teaches us that as we learn to forgive, we have to be proactive in our practice. We got to be proactive in our practice. Let me help somebody. Forgiveness ought to be proactive, not reactive. Can I preach this? And when somebody hurts you, forgive quick. Don't wait too long to forgive. Forgive as quick as you can. Let me help somebody. You need to forgive quick and we need to be proactive in our forgiveness because we're going to need to be forgiven in this life. I'm not just talking about forgiveness from God. Those of us who are real and understand we are made of clay feet, we are human beings, we are imperfect, we are sinners saved by grace, we need to forgive Pookie for the $20, we need to forgive them, we need to forgive Peaches, we need to forgive the people that hurt us because we're going to need forgiveness ourselves. You ain't so holy that you ain't going to need forgiveness you ain't so spiritual that you ain't gonna mess up. You ain't so sanctified that you ain't gonna talk out of the left side of your mouth. You ain't so sanctified that you ain't gonna say nothing crazy. You ain't so spirit-filled that you're going to forget to pay somebody back when they've loaned you something. You ain't so sanctimonious that you ain't going to mess up, say something cross, look at somebody crazy, hurt somebody, disappoint somebody, and the same forgiveness you extend is the same forgiveness we're going to need if not tomorrow, next week, if not next week, next month, if not next month, it's going to be an October if not October it's going to be January and if you ever love somebody I'm preaching this to the real folk I ain't talking about nobody who just lives by yourself and doesn't deal with nobody if you live with people 
people, if you work with people, you're going to get on somebody's nerves. You're going to annoy somebody. You're going to get on somebody's skin. And you're going to need forgiveness. So you better forgive today because you yourself going to need it tomorrow. Go on, preach P-Dub. Come on, I'm trying the best I can. Uh, we learn to forgive by being proactive. Not only do we learn to forgive by being proactive in the practice of forgiveness, we learn to forgive because forgiveness ought to motivate our mercy. Oh, go on, preach, Harry. Forgiveness ought to motivate our mercy. This man has been forgiven, but he is merciless towards somebody who owes him less and not just less. I'm talking about $20 versus $20 million and tonight's amount. You don't compare $20 to $20 million. And this man, come on, talk to me, is merciless towards somebody who owes him $20 when he's been forgiven of $20 million. And when you and I think about how God has forgiven us, come on, I'm preaching this to the real folk right now. When you think about how God has forgiven you, when you think about how God forgives you right now, the stuff that God has forgiven us of that nobody knows about except us. Can I preach this? Come on now. I'm talking to somebody right now. I need somebody right now who knows that God has forgiven you to be merciful to somebody else because of the stuff that you've been forgiven from. Can I preach this to somebody? You should have a felony, but you don't. You should be doing time right now, but you ain't. You should have some stuff behind your name, but you don't. There should be some stuff in your body, but ain't. Come on, I'm talking to the real people right now. You ought to be merciful to somebody because God has been merciful to you. The forgiveness of God ought to motivate our mercy. In other words, I ought not put my hands on Pookie. I ought not have Pookie arrested. I ought not have man-man put in jail. I ought not have peaches arrested because I ought to be motivated by the mercy of God in my own life. Let me tell you two more things. Uh, as we learn to forgive, we ought to be proactive in our practice. It ought to motivate our mercy. But forgiveness determines our deliverance. Go on, preach, Harry. This man is incarcerated because he refuses to forgive. He's locked up, tortured, waterboarded. Amen. Real time because of his refusal to forgive. Had he been forgiving like he had been forgiven, he would have been free. But because he was resistant to extending forgiveness, he is incarcerated, bound, locked up and locked down because forgiveness determines our deliverance 
And right now, no, you ain't in jail. You ain't doing fed time. You ain't got three hots and a cot. But you are in emotional, psychological, spiritual prison. You got a grudge against the whole doggone world. You mad at everybody. You mad at your grandmama. You mad at your daddy. You mad at your great-grandmama. You mad at the pastor. You mad at the bros. You mad at them. You mad at your third-grade teacher. You mad at the coach that didn't give you a chance. You mad at your ex-boo. You mad at your high school boyfriend friend you met at your college girlfriend you are in bondage right now and today is the day where your forgiveness is going to determine your deliverance no you can walk around but you in bondage you set free but today is the day you got to make up your mind in Jesus name give me freedom I forgive them I forgive myself I forgive him because I want to be free I don't know how long I'm going to see the, the days of my life. But as long as I live, I want to be set free, delivered, and free in Jesus' name. Forgiveness determines your deliverance. And if you got a grudge against somebody, you ain't free. If you hate somebody, you ain't free. If every time you hear that song on the radio, you think about how that used to be y'all's song. And you can't even enjoy the song no more. You ain't free. Get free by forgiveness. We learn to forgive because it determines our deliverance. We learn to forgive because it motivates our mercy. We learn to forgive by being proactive because we're going to give what we need. But we learn to forgive when we are grateful for the grace that we have received. Y'all ain't talking to me. Let me run across the field right now. I'm going to bless somebody right now. Because this man, had he just remembered how the king had been gracious to him. $20 million debt. Could have had his family arrested. Could have had his whole family as indentured servants. But the king was gracious. Could have had the man's property sold. But the king was gracious. Could have had the man's wages forfeited. But the king was gracious. Could have had his children sold as indentured servants. But the king was gracious. Am I talking to anybody on this Sunday morning who knows about the grace of the king? When you look at your life and think about the king of kings and lord of lords and rose of Sharon and Mary's baby the king, I say, has been gracious. I should be dead, but the king has been gracious. I shouldn't be alive, but the king has been gracious. Shouldn't have what I have, but the king has been gracious. Shouldn't enjoy what I enjoy, but the king is gracious. I got to forgive. I 
got to let it go. I got to go on because the king has been gracious. When you think about the grace of the king, you got to let some stuff go. You don't deserve what you have. You shouldn't be here right now. But the king has been gracious. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. It was grace that brought my liberty. Don't know why he came to love me so, but he looked beyond my faults. I said he looked beyond my faults. I said he looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. Thank God for grace. I'm grateful for his grace. I said I'm grateful for his grace. Hey, let me help somebody. The grudge ain't helping you. The resentment, the grudge, the bitterness, you keeping records, the tit for tat, it ain't helping you. The devil specializes. Remember he did that to you? Remember she walked by and ain't speak to you? Remember they didn't, they, they, they gave everybody else but they ain't do right by you? And right now you, you in prison. No, you free but you in prison. You in prison. You, you hadn't smiled in a year. Every time you get with somebody, you bring up and rehearse what happened then. You got a new job, you got a new boo, a new bay, and you still stuck in 89. You done gone on with, he done gone on, she done gone, they done gone on with their life. And you stuck. God is trying to bless you. But God can't bless you. Because your spiritual arteries are clogged with bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness, a refusal to let it go. And let me help somebody. If you don't have, I want to be free my own doggone self. I don't know how long I got on earth. And while I'm here, I want to be free. But guess what? If that don't motivate you, you think about how God has been gracious and forgiving to you. You know your story. Everybody don't know, everybody don't know what you know, but you know. Anybody ever have a memory? You'd be like, oh, Lord. I forgot all about that. That's, that's why some of y'all ain't on social media right now. Amen. Folk done posted stuff and you be like, oh, shucks. Where'd you get that picture from? I done thought, you done thought about a whole bunch of stuff. And you said, let me get off of here for a year. Somebody right now, if you're not saved, you don't have a church home. We invite you right now, my sister, my brother, to receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. We are saved by grace through faith.
And guess what? Salvation means forgiveness. It means grace. It means, it means grace. It means forgiveness. It means God wipes the slate clean. All of us are, are debtors. You don't own Visa no more, but you owe God. You don't own Sally Mae. You done got rid of her, but you owe God. And God whew, is gracious. You don't have a church home. There's somebody right now who's joining right now. Holy Spirit, before 12 noon, somebody's going to join Watch Chapel. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. I don't know who you are, but join right now. Contact us, the tab. Amen. The contact us tab. I want you to join right now. You need to be set free. And let me help somebody right now. This is for the real folk. Sometimes, you know, forgiveness don't always happen in a day. Sometimes you got to pray about that thing every day. Sometimes you need to pray and fast. Sometimes you need a therapist, a counselor to help you work through them issues. Depending on the pain, the hurt, the depths of the pain, you know, alcohol to do some good, peroxide to do some good, but sometimes you got to go to an ortho. Come on now, talk to me. You can't do it in your own power. You got to ask God to help you. Lord, you help me, Holy Spirit. Help me. I want to be free. Somebody knows that if you want to be free, God has set you free. Don't let the devil keep you bound. When God wants to set you free, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask amiss. Don't ask for God to get them back. You ask for God to set you free. Let God handle them. God will handle them better than you can handle them. You're going to mess around and be in jail. You let God deal with them. You be free. Today's the first Sunday we celebrate the Lord's Supper. You have your elements with you. Watch chapel. You have your elements with you, people of God. The scripture said, On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and blessed it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of we. As we prepare to partake of this holy meal, we go to God in prayer. Father, bless this meal. Bless this holy ordinance. Use it for our sanctification. Use it for our growth. Help us to appreciate the gift of forgiveness. Help us to be forgiving as we have been forgiven. Forgive us, bless these holy elements, use them for our growth and sanctification. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it and blessed it. and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and we do likewise. After he took the cup, the bread, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, and we do likewise. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Our choir is going to bless us as we leave this place. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. The blood will never lose its power. Amen.